Tony Williams, both sides of the mask. Rule number eight this week, players and substitutes. Go back and review the earlier podcast before this to go through one uh, rule one through seven. But let's look at the headlines on rule number eight. 8.1, players on the team. 8.2, designated player, DP, and flex. 8.3, which is the longest part of that, improper player. 8.4, starting player. 8.5, substitute player. 8.6, reentry and concussion reentry. So if we take a look at this, we're going to go through it a little bit fast, and then we're going to go back and review a little bit of lineup card management since this is kind of where that area is. So players on the team, number of players that each team should have, nine or 10, depending on if we're using the DP and the flex. Player and responsibilities, nothing really new through there. We list the fielders out, the flex, the offensive player, pinch hitter, pinch runner, pitcher. 8.1.2.11, a defensive player is entitled to change to a different defensive position at any time as long as a change is reported to the plate umpire. Then you report that to the official scorer and the opposing coach before the next pitch. Temporary exception, temporary defensive alignments or shifts do not need to be reported. 8.3, improper player, and this is the long part. We're going to read the subheadings of that. Batting out of order, inaccurate lineup card, Then we have unreported, misreported players. And then 8.3.4, illegal players. And then that is the end of that. And read those close. There's nothing new that's in there, but know how those players work out with each other and how those go along. There's another place that you can look in the rule book to really help you out with that. And that is Appendix B that lists out the improper player chart. If you need it with you, make you a laminated copy and keep it in your lineup card holder. Good thought to have so you can have that rule out there so that you're ready to rule on the improper player at whatever time may come about for you. Where the new part of these situations come into is the... We've had it for a couple years here, but the re-entry and concussion re-entry. If if a team doesn't have any available subs or they've used them all up, then if you have a concussion protocol and a player has to come out for that, you can use a starter that has no re-entry rights or a substitute that has gone in and come out. Remember, a starter can re-enter once and substitutes can't unless you have a concussion and no other player on the lineup that could be used. Then you could re-enter one of those and it not violate the rules. So let's turn our attention a little bit uh, here to the case book and see if there's anything else that's in there. And then we'll go back and line up card management and talk about uh, the DP and flex rule. So the case book still right now, what we have is the 2020 and 2021 In the resumption of a halted game, one team is using DP flex but has exhausted all available substitutes. The left fielder becomes incapacitated during warm-ups. Does that mean that the game is immediately forfeited by being shorthanded? The affected coach has two options. If the coach does not want to play, a forfeit is declared at the pregame meeting when it is determined that a team does not have a left fielder to enter on the card. The other option is to enter the DP to play left field. 
And the original left fielder is still in the batting order, but otherwise in the dugout being attended to by the medical staff. When the left fielder spot in the batting order comes up, she could enter the batter's box, assuming she is physically capable of doing so. She can stand in the box and take pitches without intent of getting on base. And then they have met the requirements of having the player there and being in the box and not having to forfeit due to the shorthanded rule. Because in NCAA play, you cannot play shorthanded. Let's look at, we talked a little bit uh, in the rule book about temporary changes, temporary shifts. Let's have a look at that. AR 8-4. Has there been a defensive position change in any of these cases? Number one. The first baseman plays directly behind the second base up the middle, and the defense does not position anybody in the first baseman's traditional position. Number two, the same alignment as in the previous example. However, the person who was on third baseman is behind second up the middle, and the person who was at first base is where the traditional third baseman is. Number three, the right fielder moves to shallow left field and the left fielder moves to deep left field and the right field is left vacant. Number one, first baseman goes and plays behind second and nobody at first base. There has been no change. By rule, the first baseman can be positioned anywhere in fair territory. This is a positioning issue rather than a reportable change. Number two, same example, first base goes over to play third base and third base is behind second base. This an example of a change that must be reported. The first and third basemen have switched positions. If not done, apply the effect of rule 8.1.211 would constitute as a uh, lineup inconsistency or a uh, failure to report defensive change. Let's look at number three on that where the left fielder the right fielder has come over and played shallow and the left fielder moved deep and right field is vacant. Three, this is a positioning issue similar to the first example rather than an exchange of positions. Note, in the interest of accuracy and giving players credit for their play, it would be helpful if coaches always informed the umpire of positioning changes and defensive switches so there would never be a rule violation. However, by rule, coaches must only report the switching of defensive positions or substitutions that involve players not currently in the lineup. There's some DP flex stuff in there, and we'll go over that. When are the DP and flex charged with the substitution? This is one thing that's key. So this is the ruling on this, AR8-8. The DP and flex are charged with the substitution when they are not doing what they're designed to do in the lineup. When the DP is out of the batting order or when the flex is not playing defense, the player will be charged with a substitution. Uh, then we go on to improper player. There's uh, some other things in there and what happens with people on bases and resuming places. AR 8-13, a coach substitute number five for number 20 at bat, but number five is wearing her road uniform, which is number six. On the first pitch to the substitute batter, the runner on first base steals second base. When the ball is returned to the pitcher, the opposing coach informs the umpire that number six is batting, although number five was the reported substitute. When substitutions are made, they should be five Smith for 20 Jones, and the umpire makes the change on the lineup, and the discrepancy will be noticed, and the substitution will not be allowed without correction of either the name or number. 
The unlikely event that is still undetected using the process does establish a substitute was Smith for Jones, which in fact is what happened on the field. Smith was reported is playing. She is simply wearing the wrong number. However, if both five and six were available to play and no names are reported at the time of the substitution, then having six in the game when five was reported is a misreported substitute. Last one we look at here before we go into lineup card management, 8-22. Without being reported, a substitute steps into the batter's box for the cleanup hitter to start the second inning. Before a pitch is thrown, the coach decides to substitute a different player for the cleanup hitter. Is this still a substitution for the cleanup hitter, or is it now a substitution for the substitute who entered the batter's box? So you have a substitute steps into the batter's box for the cleanup hitter. Before pitch is thrown, never mind, we want to actually have this hitter instead. Because the player who stepped in the batter's box was unreported and no pitch had been thrown, she never officially entered the game. Therefore, when the coach reports a change, the substitution would be for the cleanup hitter. And luckily, you have avoided an unreported sub. One other quick thing, and we mentioned it earlier about batting out of order and how uh, that works, just kind of glossed over it a, a little bit there. We'll visit that again in Rule 11.9, but just keep in mind the person that should have been up to bat is the person that's out for batting out of order, and then the name following them would be the proper batter. So if number three came up and number two was supposed to be batting, and it's found out after the number three batter gets on batting for number two, and she's at first base, we're going to call batter number two out, nullify what batter three did, take her off the bases, and put her up to bat again. So she would just bat over again. The person that should have been up is the one that is out. Let's talk a little bit about lineup card management and how to go over it. When you're at the plate meeting and you're taking the lineups from the teams, take the home team first, take their lineup, and if the visiting team is holding their lineup for you to grab it, don't be silly. Just take it from them, hold it there, get the home teams, and go over theirs first. Okay, Coach, look through your numbers. Go through. Make sure you have no repeat numbers. Make sure that you have no repeat positions. If you have a DP flex, look who's in your DP spot. Look and make sure that you have a position listed for the flex player. Then you're going to go through. Coach, I've got number 23 in the sixth spot as your DP for the flex, number 17, who's pitching. Are you good with everything? You want one more time to look at it? No, I'm good. Okay. Then I'm going to do the same thing with the visiting coach and go over who they have in the DP spot. I'm going to verify they have no repeat numbers, no, no duplicate positions. Then I'm going to go over who their DP is, the number. And then I'm going to go over what flex position the flex is in, the defensive position that the flex is in. And then I'm going to go over what number they are. And I'm going to ask them if they want to look at it one more time. Yep, I'm good. So boom, we got it back together. Lineups are official at this time. Do we have any changes? Now the changes that you have are going to be official changes. Sometimes you'll get a DP coming in for the flex, the flex going to be in the DP spot, and they're going to play defense and offense now. A multitude of things happen. A DP could go play a defensive position for another player, and that other player becomes the OP, the offensive player, and that's okay too. So when recording these changes on your lineup, how do you handle player numbers? 
and numbers of the position. Do you write numbers for both? Do you use different color inks? What are you doing? I can tell you what I do, and I use a different color ink than what the teams might be using. If I have an orange team, I'm not going to bring out a pen that has orange ink. Probably not going to use black, probably not going to use blue. I have neon colors that I use, and those are what I use, usually neon green, because there's not a ton of green teams that are going to be using a neon green. So I use a neon green, and I use a neon orange, unless I have a team that has orange in it, and then I will bring out a different color. And I do bring two pens, so that if one messes up and the ink is no longer working in it, I have another pen that works. So I got my lineups in my lineup card holder, and when a team comes out, I pull it out and I ask them or they tell me what they have that's going to go on. They're going to give me the number of the player and maybe what position she's going to be playing. Me, myself, and the guidance that we have been given on the SUP site at arbitersports.com, sup.arbitersports.com. There's a lineup card management system that's on there that we use that would be a great tool for everyone to use so that if something happens to you, you can give your lineup card to somebody and they would be able to replicate what has gone on in the game and be ready to resume it at what point you left out. We had an episode where we talked about Liz did have a shot to the head where she came out of the game and somebody had to come and take her position at the plate. And they were able to decipher what she had going on in the game. For me, jersey numbers, I use numbers. Players' positions, I use letters. Even if the coach listed one through nine when they first come out, say for the pitcher, they're going to be listed usually in the flex position. Let's go with somebody different. Let's go with the center fielder. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight is that center field. Okay, I have eight going to come and she's going to go to left field. Okay, I'm going to circle the eight and I'm going to put an LF and I'm going to say, okay, you got the, the center fielder going to play position number seven. I will say the number to them or I'll say left field to them. I use it interchangeably. Doesn't really matter. Some coaches like it if you use numbers, but I'm going to write letters so that I don't get my numbers for positions mixed up with the numbers that are positions. And you need to record that. We went over of recording defensive changes, not temporary shifts, but defensive changes. That is how I do it. If I have a substitute that comes in, at the beginning of the game, I'm going to go and I'm going to circle all my starters. I'm going to circle my starters down below. And I know that they're going to go in the game. They're going to be able to come out and they're going to go, they'll be able to re-enter one time. When a starter comes in, I'm going to go at the bottom. I'm going to circle them. We have to have a way to know when players come in and out of the game and how to recognize it. Let's say that we have a player number eight and 10 is going to come in for her and then player eight is going to re-enter. This is how I do it and it makes sense to me. So in the spot, jersey number eight, 10 is going to come in for her. Okay, coach, you've got number 10 coming in for play, playing for number eight in the sixth position. Yep. If we need to, we'll go over uh, last names. That's a good idea. Practice, we looked in the casebook that would be beneficial. So I'm going to go down, I'm going to circle number 10, and in the sixth spot, I'm going to write a number 10. A couple in and later, number eight's going to come back in. I look at the beginning, I see that eight has been in the sixth spot, so she can go back in there. I'm going to circle the 10, and for me, I will write an eight next to the 10. 
Now I have eight twice in a line. I know that it's a starter. And now I've let her have her reentry. When I circle her in the substitution spot, I know that she can no longer reenter. When the coach comes in and says, I have eight coming back in for 10. Okay, coach, I got 10 out of the game and she's no longer eligible. I will say that. I will tell them so that they know that the substitution that they're getting ready to make is going to make that player ineligible to reenter. Okay, I got eight in for 10. All right, eight's back in and 10's finished. Okay, thank you, Blue. And that's what happens. And then say nine comes in for eight. I'm going to circle eight. All right, I got eight. She's no longer eligible. Nine's in the game, in the sixth spot. That's how I do it. That's a great practice to have. That's lineup card management, a little bit of what they have shared with us of a good way to do it. And you'll see that on that, the general scope that I have given you is close to the general scope of what they have on there as well. Find something that works with you and those parameters. And we're going to be talking about um, conferences a little bit more on the back of the lineup card and how you handle the lineup card on the conferences. I'm not really sure how I'm going to do it because now we're recording coach or team representative conferences to player conferences and then player to player conferences. I haven't quite figured out how I want to do it on there yet, but I will do it on the back of the lineup card. I take notes of what happened in the game so we can review it in post game, but then I also keep track of what inning the coach came out for a visit, whether it's an offensive or defensive, the pitcher or the batter that was at the time then, if they had a count, and how many outs there are. So why do I do that? Because if I have all that information, I didn't take a I didn't take a conference here. Yep, coach, on the third inning, I have you coming out and talking to pitcher number 15. She had a 2-0 count on the batter, and there was one out and a runner on first base. Also, I'll put R1, R2, or R3, depending on the situation that I have. That's what I do. Let me know on the Facebook group what you do. What do you do? What works for you? Maybe you can line out something that that works. Is it similar to what you do? Also, just get on there and chat. We're starting up the season. Create some conversation. There was a guy that posted that's new to the group that had a question about how to refocus or focus at all after something has happened. So we're going to talk about uh, that. Hopefully the next podcast that Liz and I have together, we can catch up on some things and go over it so that we all can grow together and so that we can be excellent.